You got to love it when a children's time makes you pull your sermon out and change one sentence because he's made me think about something. So thank you, J.D. Gene Owens at Myers Park Baptist always said that when he taught preaching, he encouraged preachers to have their sermons done by Thursday, look over it on Friday, put it away on Saturday, and it needed to be done. And then he became a preacher and realized that the ink was still wet in the margins on Sunday morning. The ink will be wet in just a second when I get back to my seat. From Isaiah, a word of prophecy which is just telling it like it is, not what's going to happen. Prophecy is just naming the moment. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not faint or grow weary. God's understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You have heard the ancient story. I am so tired of waiting on the Lord, aren't you? Hmm. Watch the news, or better yet, just look around. Things are bleak. Last week, Russ even said we are living in perilous times. He's not wrong. It's exhausting to live in times like these. The only thing is... These times have been repeated over and over throughout history, and when we pay attention in these times, they have always been perilous and bleak. And it is in these times that people are prone to cry out to God to do something, change something, alter something to get us out of whatever these times are presenting to us in the moment. I am so tired of waiting on the Lord. This section from the prophet Isaiah is among some of the most well-known scripture. The poetry is lyrical and rhythmic and hopeful, and many people place this passage as pretty high on their list of favorites, if not their very favorite passage of scripture. I think it's because in these times, which is every time, We are looking for hope and healing and for things to be made right. And if we can't get all the hope and all the healing, we might just settle for things to be just a tad better. Isaiah is writing to a people just coming out of exile. 
those times, post-exile times, are rough. Fresh out of captivity of sorts, having been banished from what they knew as home, it would seem that returning to their home would be the answer to all their issues. It's what they had been waiting for, praying for, working for. You would think they would have been happy. But alas, that kind of trauma, exile kind of trauma, can wreak havoc on your emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical well-being. And while all you've wanted, maybe for an entire generation, is to go home, the day finally arrives and your emotions are all over the place and you are left wanting. Wanting to forget the past and the pain, but you can't forget. Wanting for normal to show up and show out, but what is normal anyway? Wanting these times to never happen again, though history has taught you that these times are always showing up with a good bit of regularity. The prophet starts this section that we read today with questions, but he's not posing questions that presume that the people have no idea who God is. Have you not known? Have you not heard? are rhetorical questions. The prophet is putting an exclamation point on the situation. Of course you've known. Of course you've heard about who God is and how God is at work in the world. But all the knowing and all the hearing doesn't mean so much when you've been in exile and you're weary and you're tired. So this is the pep talk they've needed. It goes like this. God does not tire of you. God gets you. God will lend God's strength to you. You are not alone. You can do hard things, so lean into God's strength to get you through. And it's at this point that the prophet goes out on a big old limb and says something that feels a bit like overstating the case to me, but who am I? I'm no prophet. And he goes on about, if you do this, you will soar with wings like eagles. You will run without being weary, walk, and not faint. And that feels just a little bit like overselling to me. But who am I to critique a prophet? Desperate times call for desperate measures, and the prophet understood that the people needed some reassurance in their bleak and perilous times. So if desperate times call for desperate measures, let me try my hand at the prophetic today. God does not get tired of the work of being God. God does not faint or grow weary. God gets it that we do. Therefore, God is the one that stays the course and invites us as we are able to believe that we can do hard things. It is sometimes in these moments of belief, no matter how fleeting those moments are, that we find the strength to go on. Sometimes those surges of strength will even make you feel like you could soar with the eagles for just a minute, and you may even take to running or at least walking without passing out. 
sometimes. But please notice what the prophet did not say. He did not say, don't worry, be happy. He did not say, every little thing's going to be all right. Or any other pithy, fun song you can think of. He did not say, everything happens for a reason. Thank God he didn't say that. He didn't say any of the trite pieties that make religion seem more like magic. He simply reminded them that they can do hard things and that they were not alone. And if there's anything we need to be reminded of in bleak and perilous times is that we can do hard things and we are not alone. Sesame Street's Elmo stepped in it last week. Red and furry and perpetually three and a half years old, Elmo got on X, formerly known as Twitter, as he frequently does, and he simply said, Elmo's just checking in. How's everybody doing? And the floodgates opened. Have you seen this on the news? There were some crude and crass responses, some celebratory reports. We're doing great, Elmo. Thanks for asking. But by and large, people started pouring themselves out to Elmo with the truth, their truths, that life is hard and we are overwhelmed. And all in all, we're not doing very well. In a Los Angeles Times article entitled Thera Therapy Elmo, the whole scenario was described as an inadvertent mental health check. The article explains, I'm going to quote from it for a couple of paragraphs, the Sesame Street star's viral tweet checking in on everyone this week was written by his 25-year-old social media manager who inadvertently turned Twitter into a therapist's couch where users opened up to the beloved Muppet and the Internet about their internal struggles. Her name is Christina Vitas of Hoboken, New Jersey who serves as Elmo's voice on Twitter, and she said the response was a whirlwind she did not anticipate. The former intern, who is now Sesame Workshop's social media, media manager, told the reporter that she couldn't keep up with the replies from the iconic uh, Red Muppet's innocent January 29th tweet, which was met with the verbalization of Twitter's depressing internal monologues and spurred conversations about mental health around the globe with nearly two million views to this post. The well-meaning question, Elmo's just checking in, how's everybody doing, opened the existential floodgates and elicited plenty of loaded responses from the pithy to the concerning, weaving an overwhelming sense of dread throughout the world. Stephen Colbert, my sanity, late night sanity in these times, he spoofs everybody so you can watch him. Well, he spoofed this and came up with a little gimmick called Trauma Me Elmo. 
a satirical take on the beloved Tickle Me Elmo toy that has morbidly gained awareness of the inevitability of human suffering, it also weeps on command. All joking aside, the article goes on to say, the mental health crisis reached epidemic levels last year. The U.S. Surgeon General issued an advisory on the nation's epidemic of loneliness and isolation, noting that one in two adults in America reported experiencing loneliness even before the COVID pandemic cut off people from so many friends and loved ones and their support systems. So it's not a surprise that back online, the internet unpacked its emotional baggage and shared its collective anguish with an eternally three-and-a-half-year-old Muppet with users citing personal and global issues among their debilitating concerns in a dark digital therapy session. You are not alone. The the voice of Elmo on Twitter said, when managing Elmo's social media, I'm always looking for new ways for Elmo to connect with his friends online. This question felt like a natural fit for a lovable, lovable, caring friend like Elmo, especially as he learns more and more about his own emotional well-being. She said uh, she's grateful that the tweet has opened up conversations about the serious mental health crisis in our country and thankful that here at Sesame Workshop we can support children and families in this moment with our emotional well-being resources. Elmo did that, she said, and if a three-and-a-half-year-old Muppet from Sesame Street can do that, why not any one of us, too? Maybe in part, that's why we're here today, to help open up a place and a space and a conversation where our rawness, our honesty, our vulnerability in our suffering can be met both in community and in God. Because God, J.D., is big. I'm trying to remember the last time. Oh, wait. I had a star. Let me say this. <laughs> This is where the ink at the bottom. I had this thought about 30 minutes ago. Let me also plug that sometimes this will not be enough. And there's nothing wrong with going to therapy. It's the most healthy step you can make. See your local therapist. There's one, there, there are multiple on this campus. Sometimes this place is step one to get to other help that you need. And if you need referrals, let me know. There is no shame in therapy. Elmo has proven a lot of us need it. Okay, now back. I'm trying to remember the last time I have sat in front of a blank computer screen for such a long swath of time as I have this week, having no idea what direction to take with this text. I think sometimes the most well-known and favorite texts stumped me the most. It was pretty late last night when Russ called to check in from the men's retreat. He asked the question every preacher asks every other preacher on Saturday, late Saturday night, how's the sermon? I've got nothing, I said. 
He said, oh, those are usually your best ones. I said, no, I've got nothing. And he said, no, I mean, when you think you have nothing to say, people tend to say to you out, coming out of the door, that was one of your best ones. And I said, I don't know how to say this more clearly or emphatically. I have nothing. <laughs> there is a blank screen on my computer sitting in front of me, to which he said, do you mean literally nothing? And I said, I mean literally nothing. Now, if that doesn't scare you at, I'm not kidding, 11 p.m. last night, there were no words on these pages. I think I felt like I have nothing because I could preach the platitudes from this text all day long. It's the low-hanging fruit of faith. God gives power to the faint, but those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And then I pick up my new January 2024, all of 2024 intention. It's lasted through January. I'm on a good roll. February 4th, I'm still using it. It's a new way of journaling uh, not only my life but yours, writing down all the things, pastoral care things especially, trying a new way to keep up. So I think when I pick up this new system of keeping up with everybody and I just leaf through the month of January, these beautiful, poetic, lyrical, rhythmic words of Isaiah can fall pretty flat in light of your pain and the pain of the world. I wonder if they fell flat to the recently returned exiled people. Instant freedom is not always easy. I believe in God. I want to run and not be weary. I want to walk and not faint. This text falls flat when people equate belief in God with easy answers and trite sayings. Kate Bowler had an overflow crowd last Monday at Myers Park Methodist. Many of you were there. I wish I could have gone, couldn't make it work in my schedule. Do you know why people showed up to hear her in droves, waiting in line, sent to an overflow room? Because she names hard truths with no easy platitudes, and she still has faith. And I think people are craving that kind of honesty. That is prophetic wisdom. So Elmo had a moment last week internationally. Kate Bowler had a moment last week in Charlotte because they admit that we all desire to run and not be weary and walk and not faint, but sometimes we get tired and pass out. The only thing I can tell you is that for thousands and thousands of years, in people's most desperate and dire moments, they have searched for something beyond themselves to make sense of what does not make sense. And for 2,000 of those years, some of us have found the answer to that in a living Christ. Because Jesus was so very, very human, and he has lived on in a way that compels us to follow. I think Isaiah had the long view. 
And Jesus was a fulfillment of that. And so are we. That is our calling given to us by Jesus himself. The long view of running and not growing weary, of walking and not fainting until those moments when you are so completely worn out and depleted that you have to lean on another just long enough to catch your breath. You see it all the time. Some note about being careful how you treat people for you have no idea what they're going through. It's not a cute meme. It's the truth. As much as I'm tired of waiting on the Lord, maybe it's the Lord is tired of waiting on me. Because this has been a powerful word for centuries, for the hardest of times in life, let me reiterate this deep truth. And I'm going to trust that it does not sound like pablum, but rather a sustaining healing balm for your suffering. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. May it be so. Amen. I crafted this prayer of intercession partly from my book, partly from the news. So don't waste any time trying to figure out who I'm talking about. Just try to locate yourself. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we pray this day for people who are suffering. We recognize how widespread this request is. Some are dropping bombs, even us. And with every strike, people die. Whether perpetrator or victim, all are your children, and everyone seems to be left distraught. Some have come to a place where they can no longer take it, and a long span of mental unhealth has caused them to give up and take measures into their own hands. Some have battled, are battling illness, and they are worried and scared and tired. Some do not have enough. Some are in breaking and broken relationships. Some are struggling financially and putting on the appearance that everything is okay and that is exhausting. And some are just struggling and putting on an appearance that everything's okay. And that is exhausting. Some are alone and lonely, and some are surrounded by people and lonely, which may be, in fact, the loneliest of all. Some are sick and tired, and some are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Some are suffering oppression, discrimination, abuse, 
Some have been cast out. Some have been cast off. Some are afraid. Some are worried. Some are depressed and blue and sad. Some are grieving. Some are caught in the middle and are not quite sure the right next path. Some are disgruntled and angry. Some are holding a grudge. Some have been betrayed. Some feel guilty. Some feel guilty for what they have not said, and some feel guilty for what they have said. Some have not done enough. Some have overdone it. We pray this day for people who are suffering. We recognize how widespread this request is. So help us to renew our strength that we might soar like an eagle, run and not be weary, walk and just not faint.